Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Broke and Ambitious with me, Francis Keaton, where I chat to a professional creative about how they got into the arts and how they managed to survive. We will be talking day jobs, good ones, bad ones, and the downright weird ones. And we'll be talking about how to stay creative on the side and any money-saving tips. My guest today is Lauren Wayne. Lauren is an actor, originally from Sunderland in the northeast of England. Having graduated from Lipper, she is now forming a career in the industry whilst living in London. Her acting credits include ITV's Vera, CBBC's The Dumping Ground, Amazon Audible's The Infirmary, Northern Stages' The Snow Queen, and Nottingham Playhouse's Skellig. Here is my conversation with Lauren Wayne. Oh, and apologies for the sound quality. This is before I'd realised the importance of a good room to record in. So, hello, Lauren. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, Francis. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good, thanks. I've just made Lauren quite a soggy couscous. She says soggy, I say enjoyable and warm and filling. Warm? Warm is, is sort of a given for any hot food, isn't it? Is that is that the best you can do? It was nice. It had peppers, it had mushrooms, it had a courgette. Okay, Thank it was you. chopped courgette. It wasn't just like an erect courgette in the middle. That is posh. <laughs> chopped courgette, erect or not, is good for me. So Lauren, it's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure um, to be here. I think people are already enjoying your accent. Is that a is that a Newcastle accent I detect? It's very close to a Newcastle <laughs> accent. I'm very close on the city underneath. Sunderland, city by the sea, Tyne and Weir, Wearside, Sunderland, greatest place on earth. Yes, thank you for that lovely little commercial. <laughs> Lauren is available for uh, voice work. So Lauren, how did you get into acting? Well, I suppose my mum has always done amateur dramatics mm-hmm. and I always used to go along with her to her rehearsals because no one else looked after me. So I always mm-hmm. went along and I suppose from being very little, I was watching her do it. And um, I'm biased, but I think she's pretty good. Um, so I suppose I kind of learned the basics from my mum. Mm. And I didn't want anything to do with it. And I remember when I was little, my mum may just go to like a stage school drama club thing. Oh, yes. Um, and I hated it, came out crying. Basically, I was like just dancing around, singing around, being a fool at home. She was like, you need to go and put that somewhere else because it's doing my head in. Went to this club, hated it. was like, nah, don't want to sing, don't want to dance, just want to do games and stuff. That sounds good. She made me go. Big fights between me and my mum. Mm. Forced me to go back. Um, and then I ended up staying at that stage school for like five years or something. Wow. Do you think the first sort of reticence came because you were used to you running the show back home and oh. then there were all these these other kids and you were like, I, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if you're at my level. I don't think that you're ready to see the Lauren perform. Um, I, I've never thought like that before. But also re- retinence? Reticence. <laughs> It's a great word. You've taught me so many great words. Another great word that Francis Keaton taught me off air mm. is soporific. Oh, soporific. Which I've been using every single day since you taught me Well, it. I hope you give me copyright. Thank you. What was the question? Oh, yeah. Well, I, when I was at home, 
sing and dance and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. I did have a one-woman show, aged five or six. Mm. Big success. Was it called Fleabag? <laughs> <laughs> She actually heard of that. copied that off me. It's strange. <laughs> it's quite a sore subject, actually. Have you heard the nursery rhyme, Peter and Paul? Two little dicky birds sitting on a wall. One named Peter, one named Paul. Fly away, Peter, fly away, Paul. Come back, Peter, come back, Paul. I think I have, actually. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. gorgeous. Well, I used to perform that nursery rhyme as both Peter and Paul. I know, I tried to stay humble about it, but I was pretty <laughs> damn good, guys. The range. The you're range. Bird, you're a male, you're Peter, and you're Paul. Exactly. <laughs> and I would fly in and out of the rooms, mm. like, you know, that 30-second nursery rhyme would be 30-hour play. Mm. Genius. Sure. So I suppose when I did go to, to drama and people weren't stepping up to the Peter and Paul mark. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you were like, have you made your own three-hour saga? Exactly. No, well, I'm not interested then. Yeah, actually, I think what it was that I hated was I went and everyone was brilliant. Mm. And actually, seriously, I think that was what I hated because I was like, everyone's so good and I'm so rubbish because all I can do is Peter and Paul. But then it's good. I think it's good to do those schemes when you're young because it introduces you to the concept that you are a small fish in a big pond. And that will continue throughout your life. Absolutely. Until you eat them all up and become... A big shark. Whale. I was going to say whale. shark. We, we were almost there, weren't we? <laughs> we were almost in, in sync. I've got to be honest with you, Francis, it hasn't, it hasn't been um, a smooth ride. No. So there's been some absolute flops. Age like 13, mm. I was the role of Smee. You may have heard of him. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Keep Smee. Player. Sidekick. Um, and I was so bad um, that... Everyone in my family told me they were really embarrassed to watch me because I was re- I was really bad. Well, I remember telling everyone that I was poorly or poorly. Yeah, please. I, I should, please I should translate some. Translate that. Way. I was poorly, unwell on the day of the performance, mm. which I still stand by today. But um, everyone else just said I was shit. So, um, Do they actually say that? What were you doing up there? I just wasn't, like, with it. Okay. I remember standing and basically I had to usher the lost boys into the tree or something right mm, mm. and um everyone else is like oh arr, get down me tree you know like pirates do yeah yeah they, they sound great they really thank do. you i mean this is probably my <laughs> shit um and i was just stood kind of dead behind the eyes doing like a very weak wafting <sighs> motion <laughs> Just could Cut. not be asked. Come up my tree. <laughs> it's wow, were you there? That's exactly what it was like. And then you ended up going to drama school. I did, yeah. Yes, you went to Lipa. Lipa. It's got a fantastic reputation. Yeah, no, it was great. Mm. It's such a great school. Mm. Enjoyed it a lot. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And then since then, you've been working as an actor. When did you graduate from me? A... I uh, graduated in 2017. So this is this summer. Mm-hmm. will be my third year out in the real world. Well, congratulations. They say three uh, years in it, you're in it for life. <laughs> I don't know who says that, but I'm that's pretty sure... That's what they say. That's what they say. Congratulations, Lauren. Thank you very so much. So let's get on to um, how you managed to survive. Did you move to London when you graduated? I did, yes. So uh, obviously I'm from the North East, mm-hmm. went over to Liverpool, to the North West, and never really thought about London, to be honest, because I felt being from the North, I wouldn't be able to find my place here, whatever. But then took a leap of faith 
and did it anyway um, with my boyfriend and some pals and it was scary. Still is scary, but it's okay. I enjoy it. I do enjoy being here. Viva la north. <laughs> Viva la north. Um, brilliant. So you are surviving in London. You first came down here. You must have had some interesting, wonderful, not so wonderful day jobs. Let's talk good day jobs. What's been your best? Genuinely, the best job is the one I have at the moment. Oh, yes. Um, I work at a big theatre in central London Mm -hmm. as a guide. Wonderful. That's where we met, isn't it? Where we met. Mm. Um, And because of you and you alone, it is the best job (laughs) I've ever had. Stop it. I'm shy. But in all seriousness, it's one of the only jobs I've ever had where people have been nice to me and I've enjoyed being there. And it's the only job I've ever made kind of work friends from, being in London, because all the other jobs I've hated so much. I've dreaded every element of it. I've dreaded the social element of going to work. I've dreaded the actual work side of going to work. But this job that I have currently is definitely the best because I get to meet people, like-minded people. I get to meet total strangers, people from everywhere in the world, and chat to them about something I'm really interested in and hope that they also become really interested in it as well. So the one I've got now has been my little saving grace. Oh, Lauren, I'm so glad to hear that because I feel exactly the same, actually. We have got a great job yeah. there, tour guide at this um, central London theatre. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, we get to talk about something we're passionate about. It's a beautiful building and the people are, on the whole, exciting, lovely, charismatic people. So it's, it's really nice to come into work. And another thing is that they're all very motivated and doing other work on the side. Mm. So it makes you feel like I'm part of a pool of people who are doing amazing things. And I am too, because I've had lots of day jobs where I'm working with people who are like, yeah, I'm an actor, but to be honest, I haven't had any acting work in 40 years. They spoke like that. <laughs> and uh, and I was a bit like, oh no, I'm going to be you in the future. Mm. Whereas here, I'm like, well, I'm going to be like this person who's you know getting West End jobs and then coming back. It's great. Definitely. definitely. It's a lovely job, isn't it? It's nice as well to go into work and not be kind of patronised and made fun of because in other jobs I've had, you go in and you, you know, you say you're an actor. So you you go off for a month, two months, whatever to do an acting job. And then you come back and you get the whole like, have you been on EastEnders yet? (laughs) When are you going to be on the telly? And it's like, oh, stop. It's the worst having to like justify yourself to people yeah and it's it comes from a place of love i think when people do ask generally i think they are interested but only if you've got a credit on eastenders or you've been in a hollywood film or whatever yeah Yeah. bless them though that you know if you don't know anything about the industry that's what you'll ask if i was Mm. working with someone who was you know did something in tech i'd just be like what do you think of the new iphone then (laughs) i'd speak in the same voice (laughs) what do you think of the new iphone what about that pixel camera? <laughs> and they'd probably think I was an idiot. Yeah. So, which I am. And do you find that <laughs> it's it's flexible in terms of going to auditions, jobs? You had a job over Christmas. I did, yes. Again, only job, day job that I've ever had where it hasn't been the end of the world that I cannot come in for a shift because yes. I've got an audition or whatever. So I've got a wonderful manager. Mm. And when I was working over Christmas... I had to go up to the northeast for the audition, fairly last minute, and my manager made sure that I 
got the day off for the audition and she let me finish early so that I could get to the train station with enough time to get some food. Oh, bless. To get on the train, which has never, ever happened and will probably never happen again in another job. So thoughtful. Which has been wonderful and they were really great about letting me go off for Christmas mm-hmm. as well and do that job. And then actually probably the best thing about it is every time I've gone off at Christmas for panto season or whatever, usually I always get sent my P45 Ooh. from the day job that I've got back in mm. London. And this is the only one where I haven't had my P45. Yes. That's fantastic. So I'm back. Your worst day job. Where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I've had so many awful ones. I've done bar work. I've done teaching work. I've done promo work. I've done admin work. Retail. Oh, retail. Got sacked from retail. Well done. Twice. But to be honest, I think they're all character building. Mm. And they really help you set yourself up for acting work. Yes. And I hate it when people refer to these jobs as muggle jobs. Ah, yes. Okay. You, have you heard that term I've before? heard that term, yeah. It's a despicable term. Despicable. Isn't it? I don't like it. I think it because it kind of suggests that, that we're wizards. That we're <laughs> wizards and we're not. <laughs> I mean, what we do is... Magical, sure. Obviously. <laughs> life-changing magic. Yeah. Um, but also, it's really not. We we are not performing brain surgery every day. No. Granted, we might be adding something really special to someone's life if they come and see us perform, or they see a film we've done, or they listen to a, a podcast, like that, radio. Like that time you went on stage with your flies undone. That was something special. That was something special. You made that man's day. They came back for more. <laughs> I, and I do believe what we do can be really important and mm-hmm. can change a lot of things. But we are not wizards. We make that clear. We are not wizards. Someone who works in a bar is not a muggle. Someone who works on the shop floor is not a muggle. Mm-hmm. It just has a negative connotation. And actually, you have to do those jobs in order to become who you are. So as much as like, you know, some of those experiences that I've had in day jobs have been grim, awful at the time, you know, been miserable and angry and whatever, having done them now and in hindsight, I wouldn't change it for the world because I think it all happens for a reason. Well, I feel like that came from quite a raw place, Lauren. You needed to get that off your chest, that speech. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. That little speech is going to go viral. Thank you. I just think, you know... People do what they have to do Mm. to survive. Mm -hmm. Going back to your kind of original point of how do you survive? Thank God we're back on track. There we go. (laughs) Thank you. This is why she's paying me millions for this podcast. Millions. Um, And it shouldn't be seen as a negative thing. Because Mm. if it's seen as a negative thing, then it becomes a negative thing. And that's when it starts to affect people's mental health. And it affects people's ability to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a thing of shame. Mm. Um, And... I know actors are terrible for when you see your your friend who's an actor and you say, oh, great, how are you? How's things going? Actors automatically presume you are asking only about their acting career. Oh, yes. And then to have to go, yeah, well, I'm working in a bar, in whatever, it becomes something to be embarrassed about. And it should never, ever be like that. And, yeah, I feel really strongly about it because you have to do that. You have to pay the bills. and 
that is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, that's that, there is a real strength in saying something like, things are quiet at the moment, but I'm not in debt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's lovely. That's a really nice spin you've put on bad day jobs. Long so- live the working class. Let's let's do let's do a little cherry pick. Promo work. Mm. One job. I had to stand in the rain trying to get people to sign up to an app mm. that basically was very very similar to another very popular app that you use to get yourself from A to B. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. But the premise of this was it was like a bus service. Mm. So you go on your app. You hail a bus mm-hmm. and you all go to your destination together. No, no one wants that. No one <laughs> wants that because how on earth, it, me and you, we live at opposite ends of London. Mm. We wouldn't <laughs> want to get in a bus together. I wouldn't want to drop you off at your house in southwest London for me to get in the bus to go. It's it, just ridiculous. Anyway, we had, I, we had to get 10 people to sign up before we could finish the shift. Oh, Really? Yeah, and it was chucking it down with rain, so nobody wanted to stop and talk to us. Um, so I got all of my friends to sign up because I was drenched, freezing. I was oh, like, guys, man. I need you to sign up for this app because I need to go home. Then, worst one of the promo jobs was I had to stand in Covent Garden, Sohoi area, mm-hmm. and promote a show, an adult erotic show. It was a show aimed largely at the LGBTQ community, Mm -hmm. but definitely for over 18s. And I had to stand and promo, give out flyers for the show and promote it and talk to people about the premise. And I had to stand outside of shows such as Mamma Mia and The Lion King. Very family-friendly. Very family-orientated shows Mm -hmm. um, and give out flyers for this erotic adult show. And one woman tried to spit at me (gasps) and told me I was a disgrace. And I just said, look, I'm being paid £7.50 an hour to hand out this flyer for a show I could not give a toss (laughs) about. I don't really even know what it's about. I don't know who they are. I'm just, no, I'm being paid £7.50 to give you this flyer. And be spat at. And and that was horrible. It's dark. It is dark. I'm sorry you had to go through that, and I'm glad you're out. It's character building, guys. (laughs) Character building. Remember that. (laughs) Yeah, what did that teach you? In three years' time, you're going to look back and go, wow, yeah. I'll use that spitting woman (laughs) as one of my character studies. So, now we're on to weirdest day jobs. Weird day job. Number one. In fact, this no, this is probably the weirdest, actually. This mm-hmm. is probably the weirdest. So, there is a shopping centre in the northeast. Very big. Very mm-hmm. popular. Mm-hmm. Especially during school holidays. And they do a show in the shopping centre every day, twice, three times a day, for the kids, right? And I had to go to an interview, not an audition per se, an interview for this job. Because you would be doing other stuff. You'd be doing kind of some promo-y stuff and chatting to people and whatnot mm-hmm. when you weren't doing the show. So I had an interview for it. First interview question was, if you were any kind of breakfast item, what breakfast item would you be and why? Which kind of, you know... Set the tone. Definitely. What did you say? I said, I think I would be a cinnamon swirl. Oh, fantastic answer. One, because it's my favourite kind 
a pastry. Mm-hmm. Love a cinnamon swirl. Oh, me too. Or a cinnamon bun. Yeah. But I like a swirl because I think it's exciting. It's very exciting. It's yeah. good shape. You can pull it apart. I like to do that. I like to unroll the spiral. Do you? Yeah. So I said, I think I would be a cinnamon swirl because I've got the kind of sturdy, loyal backbone of pastry. Because pastry like, is notoriously flaky. No. Francis. <laughs> Don't bring me down, okay? That's the worst answer you could have given. No, but you know what, right? I'm going to argue with you here. If you turn up to a breakfast buffet Mm. and there's a croissant, Mm. you're going to go for the croissant, aren't you? It depends what else is on offer. It's just pastries. And you can pick as many as you like. I guarantee you'll pick... I'd pick the pan of chocolate. I feel I've backtracked on my answer here a bit. Yeah, Lauren. What I mean is, right, pastry is a solid item. Yes, flaky in texture, Mm. but... It's reliable. You know if you have a pastry, you're going to enjoy yourself. Okay. Yeah, I guess see that. Okay. I see that. So let's just roll with that. I will roll with it. So I said that I've got the sturdy, loyal backbone mm. of, a, of a non-flaky pastry. <laughs> of a sort of stale, hardened pastry, yeah. Well, that's what okay. it is, isn't it, really? Cinnamon, mm. cinnamon swirl. Yeah. But I've got the exotic, exciting S- twist. Spice. Of a bit of cinnamon, which is going to really brighten up the team. Thank you for reliving the job interview. Did you? Thank you. (laughs) So, uh, moving on there, it's going to be like a 12 hour podcast. Yeah. So, the job I had to do was I had to dress up as a dinosaur. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And um, entertain the masses. Um, And actually, I was so bad during the rehearsal process that I never even got a show. Why did you have to tell them what breakfast item you were just to dress up as a dinosaur? You tell me. This is absolutely ludicrous. Ludicrous. Knowing you with your dry, (laughs) northern, take no bullshit, and then having to be dressed as a dinosaur with your little hands. Horrendous. Your little pointless T-Rex arms. I was Was doing T-Rex. It it was a T-Rex. And I was doing rehearsals with this head on, but my own clothing mm. so I could see myself in the mirror and I just thought and this was when I just graduated as well and I'd gone back home <laughs> and I just thought I've just paid £27,000 plus interest plus a maintenance loan to put a bloody dinosaur's head on my head and dance around to like come and enjoy your shopping show or something like that and I just thought this was no it? one told me this was going to be my life you know every graduated actor definitely has a moment like that at some job they're doing built up so much in drama school I mean yeah. I think drama schools are better actually now than they used to be at yeah. preparing you for the real world to a certain extent but also the premise of you being there is to make you the best actor performer whatever that you can be yeah, to an build expert you up yeah for a life of pure five star reviews mm. Job to job. Wow. I did not think when I graduated I was going to be a dinosaur for the summer. But you know what, guys? It was character building. <laughs> I feel like you're starting a catchphrase. Long Next time. live the working dinosaur. <laughs> what was it, guys? It was <laughs> character building. They're saying it at home. We can't hear them, no. but yeah. So we've heard that you've uh, struggled with £7.50 an hour jobs. Yep. Um, occasionally. Living in the city is hard. Do you have any money saving tips? Here we go, guys. Part of my dissertation that I did in drama school was that element. No way. Because, guys, I've remember, an expert. <laughs> remember life is character building. Yeah. We've got to try and beat the system mm-hmm. as much as we can. So that part of my dissertation was on how 
well is London equipped for the working classes in within the theatre industry, whatever. That's fantastic. So, there is so much you can do. Firstly, pretty much every theatre in London, not so much the commercial West End ones, mm. but other ones, will have some form of under 30 scheme. Now, I understand this is so frustrating for people who are over 30. Just go on their website and pretty much all of them will have them. Some of them don't like to advertise them as much. Oh, really? Because if they can get you to pay full price, they will. Mm-hmm. But always check it out. Um, that's really important. Loads and loads of schemes. Um, what else can I offer you? I found... Now, this is not always readily available. But I have gone to a couple of shows for free... By emailing the marketing manager of the show and saying, I'll tweet about you, I'll blog about the show, something like that. Really? In exchange for a free ticket. I've done that maybe twice, three times. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, so you can always do that. Did you get a good seat? Yeah, always the kind of the good seats because they want you to... They didn't even ask for any like credentials. They were just happy to use my words as part of their press package and whatnot. Very savvy, Lauren. Um, I like that. So, again, like, don't go emailing every market manager ever. Maybe mm. kind of tailor your um, mm. emails to shows that you really want to see or you would be happy and interested to promote yourself. Yeah. Um, but that's quite a good one. Link your rail card to your Oyster card. Fantastic. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, that's Do it genius. immediately. Mm. Right this second. Go out the house and do it now if you're in London Right this second. Off-peak journeys have cost me as little as, I think, 80p. Is that right? What? Okay, Maybe, I mean, not. Maybe I, one pound. What? I've had a one pound journey before because I've linked my Oyster oh. card to my rail card. I love that. Congratulations. Mm. I think it might have just been one stop down the line. That's okay. But still. One pound, guys. You can't get anything for a pound in London. You can't. Too good to go. Mm. Too good to go, guys, is a national app. Mm. So it can be used all over the country. And it's basically restaurants sign up and, and cafes and bars sometimes. And whatever they can't get rid of at the end of the day, they put on this app, you pay half the price, a quarter of the price, and you can buy their leftovers. And rather than them literally just throwing their food away, it going to waste, it goes to a new home and you can use it. I've seen, I've seen Lauren use that and I can confirm it did go to a good home. I, was, I went and got a dinner, a nice dinner for myself for like £3.50. Mm. As opposed to £7, yeah. £10. Well worth it, guys. Do this. Get yourself an O2 SIM card. Bear with me, guys. Get an O2 SIM card. Get for free. Go online. Order one. Mm. Put it in your phone. Download O2 Priority. Yes. Get yourself a free coffee every week. You don't have to stay with O2. Take the SIM card out. Oh, really? Either your phone will be super clever and it will remember... Or just carry the SIM card with you in your purse and your wallet. When you want a free coffee from a big brand, mm-hmm. pop it in. I think it's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. It is. Pop it in. Go get your free coffee. That saves you paying for, you know, £4 for a coffee date. Get yourself a free one. That's a niche one. So do you carry a little uh, screwdriver with you just to pop that in? <laughs> that is true. You, you do doing... need to be equipped. <laughs> Who's got time to do that, Lauren? Just for a free coffee? It's worth it, guys. Save yourself some money. Also get Today Ticks. Today ticks, very good. Do the today ticks. Ooh. Oh, that's like a little tongue twister, isn't it? Today dicks are... You just said dicks. Just said dicks. Sorry, ma'am. 
Get yourself the today. Oh, shut up. You've ruined it now. Today takes. The today takes up. Good. Probably shouldn't promote brands, but just do it because it goes. I think we've only said it about 16 times. And apply for the lottery tickets for the shows. Then go, and if you are interested in those West End shows and you can't, you know, they don't have those under 30 schemes or whatever, get yourself on the lottery. Front row tickets, 15, 20 quid. Dreams do come true. Thank you for that. Thank that you. That was so thorough. I feel like I'm wrung out like a wet sponge. Ooh, too much. Finally. It only leaves us one element, which is Lauren. If someone could give you your dream acting job tomorrow, what would it be? My dream acting job would be to work with Mischief Theatre, who created the play that goes wrong. Oh, of course. And various other versions of this. I think they're absolutely incredible, and I think they're all geniuses. I think the creatives are geniuses. I think everyone they cast is a genius. I think... The production company who produce it are genius. I would love to work with them. But my other dream job, well, it always was my dream and then it got cut, was to be in Downton Abbey. Ooh. But they are doing a new film, guys, so let's let's hope and pray. But tragic story, the, the last ever Downton Abbey mm. was the Christmas special mm. of 2014 or 15, something like that. Mm. And they filmed part of it in Annick Castle, which is in Northumberland, which is above Newcastle, mm. right? Got myself an extra job on it. Well done. Got myself a little featured extra. It's like, oh, this is my moment, guys. So did it. Lovely. It's on Christmas Day. So I told everyone. Oh, Lauren! Like, guys, this is it. I had friends from uni watching. Friends from uni who had gone home to the States for mm. Christmas all got their families to try and stream it, right? Like, guys, this is it. The last ever Downton Abbey Christmas special. Here I go. My scene had been cut. Oh, no! My heart broke. And then what's even worse was me mum was also an extra in it, oh, in a different scene. Fantastic. Me mum became one of these featured extras that you could see very clearly. So I told everyone to watch it, and they ended up watching me mum. <laughs> hey, hey, it could have been worse. But guess what, Francis? It was character building. <laughs> I'm now prepared for a life of rejection and cuts. Bless you. That wasn't meant to be. That wasn't right? meant to be. But they're doing a new film. So if you are looking for I can be a maid. I'm northern. You could be a you could be a dame. That's quite a stretch, but yeah, you could be an upstairs person. Yeah, I could be an upstairs person. I could be an upstairs downstairs. I'm so versatile. My spotlight pin is... <laughs> Lest we forget, you play both Peter and Paul. Thank you. Here we go, guys. It's character building. Viva la working class. It's just some of the catchphrases that we have established today. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Thank Lauren. you, Francis. Thank you again. Boop, Goodbye. Boop. Bye, guys. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh.